If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. So I'm going to tell you two stories today. And um, the the topic of this particular podcast episode is something I firmly believe in. And it's about putting yourself in a position to be successful. Because so often we want to be successful and we see success, whether we see it on social media or we see it in people around us. um, We see success. Um, and, and we don't always believe that that success is either possible for us or we might believe that it's possible for us, but we don't know what to do in order to accomplish that success that we so desire. So I'm going to tell you two stories today and this is, these are my stories and hopefully, um, whenever I, whenever I talk to people, you know, whether it be talks at conferences, whether it be keynote speeches or whatever i'm really trying to give value so if i'm telling you my story it's not because my story is so great it's because i'm hoping that there's something in my story that you can take and use for yourself in order to find your success all right so the first story is a story about how i found at least the first few steps into the career that I'm in today, because um, I'm going to preface my story with this. There's a quote by Steve Jobs. And you've, if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard me say this before. And there's a quote by Steve Jobs that I firmly believe in. It's one of my favorite quotes. I do have a couple of favorite quotes, but this one is among like the top three of my favorite quotes. And it says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backward. And what that means for me, at least I 
I believe I know how he meant it. But what I get from that quote is this is if you look back over your life, you will find clues that dictate your present circumstance. So if you find yourself doing a particular job and you are like really, really good at doing that job, if you look back at whether you were, you know, a a kid or whether you had a particular job or whether you had certain experiences, you will find if you look hard enough, certain instances in your life that says you will be good at this particular thing. And that's what connecting the dots means. It's not something like, you know, super highbrow. It's not like, you know, it's not super deep. It's, it's really a simple thing. If you look backwards, you will see things that connect to what you find yourself doing today. And it's hard to do looking forward, if not in some cases, um, very, very, very difficult. So we want to do certain things in the future, but we don't always know what like and you know, I believe in like like what is the divine plan for your life? Because if I would have told you at you know 16 or 17 what I wanted to be doing, it's not what I'm doing today. But I'm really, really happy doing what I'm doing today. But it's not something I could have articulated, you know, years ago. So anyway, all right, so let's you know, we've set the stage. With that particular quote, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots retrospectively looking backward. All right. All right. So there was a time when I wanted to be in the music business. I wanted to be um, a producer. I wanted to be a music producer and a songwriter. And so I'm from Toledo, Ohio, which is, you know, if you drive fast, it's like half an hour from Detroit. But if you like relatively close to the speed limit it's like 45 minutes it's a little bit south of detroit and you know you know where it's at look on the map if you don't know where it's at google google map it all right so i'm from toledo ohio not known for like a lot of things other than you know we have i think one of the top rated like minor league baseball teams in the country and um very rust belt midwestern you know middle class blue collar sort of city you know and i wanted to be in the music business so being an ambitious kid you know i've i've always been super ambitious and always like strategizing about okay i know what i want to do how do i get there i've always been that way it's been my like it's part of my dna so i was thinking as a youth like how how can I find my way to the music business in Toledo? And I found myself at a teen summit that a local radio station um, was putting on, or or at least the program director was on a panel at this teen summit that was happening at a, a particular library in my hometown. And so after the teen summit, I, I almost remember what I was wearing that day, which is like super wild. Cause I don't remember like a lot of details about like my, my childhood and, and youth but i remembered like almost verbatim what i was wearing that day but it has nothing to do with the point of the story only that it's like a like a point in my life that obviously was like super critical to um what i'm doing today so anyway 
So at this teen summit, the local a program director for the radio station was on a panel at the library that I'm in attendance of. And I'm with a friend of mine that I was going to high school with. And we were, for some reason, we're at this teen summit and we were just there to hear about, I don't even know what the teen summit was about, but I guess it was about teen issues because it was teen summit. So the program director is talking and in my mind at that teen summit, I'm sitting like in the last row and I'm thinking like, yo, I want to be in the music business. And so I'm in Toledo the closest thing to the music business is the radio station. And so this is how my mind works and my mind has always worked this way. So I'm like putting together the pieces. And so I, after the team summit is over, I go up to the, the program director who's like in the only, he's the program director, program director of the only hip hop and R and B radio station in town. There's only one at this stage. And so I go up to him. I say, Hey, my name's Will Lucas. And I want to be in the music business. And so he says, um, well, best thing I can tell you to do is find an internship somewhere. So matter of fact, matter of fact, because there was a lot of like teenagers like in line because it was teen summit. There's a lot of teenagers in line waiting to talk to him. And so he said, just come out to the radio station like tomorrow or whatever. And we'll talk some more because it's a lot of teenagers in line. So I go out to the radio station it had to be the next day because that's kind of the kind of guy I was. So I go out to the radio station and he says, again, you know, we're sitting like in this, like it's like a little tiny 3000 watt radio station, like way out of town. Like it's, I mean, think Midwestern country, like no man's land. This is like pure flyover. So like the, the radio station is like in like places you don't go. <laughs> so, but for whatever reason, that's where the radio station was. So I'm out there and, you know, I'm sitting in inside the radio station, inside the studio. And he says again, so the best thing I can tell you to do is find an internship somewhere. And so as a matter of fact, we need an intern here at the radio station. So I'm, so my internship started that day at the radio station. And so I would go out there every day after high school well, I should say every day because it was like three days into the next point of, in this story. And so I would go out after um, school for the next several days directly out to the radio station in my um, Buick Riviera. I would drive out there and I would see um, about like what he wanted me to do. So three days into my internship, which I really wasn't like doing anything. I was just watching him do radio. I was watching him be an on-air personality. And so three days in, he put me on the air with him during the five o'clock traffic jam. So mind you, he works from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. Like afternoon drive, which is like beyond the morning show is the number one radio slot for radio personalities. Morning show is like the king of the hill. Afternoon drive is the next biggest um, like time slot for radio personalities. So I go out there, I hang out with him during his shift after I get out of school, obviously. So I probably make it out there like three thirty, four o'clock. Um, and he puts me on the air with him during the five o'clock traffic jam, my third day into my internship. And so, um, he did this five o'clock traffic jam, which is like when they do this, you know, mix and you know, I'm Will Lucas. I'm like, I don't know what to do, but I'm just like hanging out with him on the air, you know, from five to 8 PM when his shift is over. So, I did that for a couple of days 
and we found some sort of chemistry, obviously, because he let me continue to be on the air with him every day after five o'clock. And so he silenced my phone. And so three days into it, going to air, did that every day. I went through like, it's so crazy to think about. I went through multiple, you know, like radio names, like, I, like, cause I was trying to find like, what what was my name going to be for the radio? His name was Charlie Mack. And I'm like, okay, I got to find a name for myself. So my name's Will Lucas. And so we was just like messing around with a bunch of names. So, you know, at one point in my, you know, early, 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 like the early weeks of my radio career, my name was like night train for whatever reason. I have no idea. So then, then there was a point where, um, I remember being in the production room with him and we were talking about, okay, what is my radio name going to be? And, um, so he was like, after we like probably threw out 10, 15 names, it's like room is tiny. It's like a four by six room. It's like super duper tiny. So I remember he was like, well, whenever you figure it out, let me know, brother. And I, I heard him say butter he said brother but I, I heard butter so my first radio name my first official radio name was butter because when he said whenever you figure it out let me know butter i heard butter he said brother so butter it was so my name on the radio my first name on the radio was butter and that's what they called me for years um in my radio career so six months after um doing the five o'clock traffic jam with him he put me, um, in the Saturday, I gave, I got a Saturday night show. I was 18 years old doing radio on a Saturday night, um, in my hometown, six to 10 every Saturday night. And I had the number one radio show in the city on Saturday nights in Toledo. And mind you, this particular radio station and this for some, so for some of you guys, like you, this will mean nothing. So I'll try to make it like parallel to something that will make sense to you. This is, this is a 3000 watt radio station. The biggest radio stations in town have a hundred thousand watts or more. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. 
So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. So um, think of, you know, like this, uh, let's say we're talking about cars. And so I am driving a, um, a Nova, like a Honda Civic, like a Prius. I am driving one of those. And the biggest dogs in town, the biggest radio stations have like Dodge Rams, F-150s or you, you get it. So we are in the tiniest situation in town, the, the bottom of the totem pole with regards to the power of the radio saddle uh radio tower that this particular radio station has so anyway um i'm doing these saturday night shows but i have the number one show in the city i'm like 18 years old and so he remember he was on the afternoon drive six months after i had the saturday night show they moved him to the morning show and I got his afternoon drive show. So I was 18, just about to turn 19 and I'm doing drive time radio in my hometown, three to eight. And so by this time I had graduated. So I'm doing three o'clock um, to 8 PM Monday through Friday. And so I had the number one show in my demographic. Cause I was, my job was to target 18 to 24, 18 to 24 years old people who are in the listening audience. Cause that was a coveted, demographic of people who listen to the radio because they spend money. So advertisers want to target that demographic. And so I'm doing that. And so suffice it to say, like all of those skills that I learned again, I didn't want to do right. I never wanted to do radio. Like, don't forget that point in the story. I happen to be good at something. I learned very quickly how to be engaging. I learned very quickly how to build production skills. I learned very quickly, you know, how to um, make things sound a particular way to make people want to listen to it and just creating engaging content. And so I did this very early in my career with the intent of finding my way into the music business. And so story number one, the whole like crux of this conversation is talking about how I thought I was doing this particular thing to get to what I wanted, but there was another plan for my life. And so I found 
if you look at what I'm doing today, I have a podcast that's heard all around the world because, and I'm able to do this. I produce this podcast. I, I do the booking for this podcast. I obviously record myself. I'm in my basement right now recording this podcast and I'm doing all of these things with the skills I learned at 17 and 18 years old, having taken an internship with the intent of being a music producer and songwriter. I couldn't have scripted this. I could not have scripted this because I was doing it with a particular intent, but I did it well because I knew if I did it well, it would put me in position. It's just a different position than I thought I would be in. But I'm living a dream today. I'm living a dream that I didn't know I had, but it's a better dream than the one I thought I had. Story number one. Story number two. Let's talk about it. So Afrotech. And so I'm doing podcasts. So, uh, oh, I got this thing about podcasts, man. I've slipped into the podcast game. So I've talked about this. Maybe not on this podcast, but the one I'm about to tell you about. So a couple of years ago, it had to be what, like five years ago now. Um, this is before Af- this is pre me being involved with Afrotech. And so I'm talking to a friend of mine. He's an advisor. He's a white guy. He's an advisor to a startup that I'm founding. I'm trying to get going at this particular stage. And. He comes to me and he says, you know, what would it take? You remember, he's a white guy. He says, what would it take to get more black kids interested in tech? And I said, well, they need to see a black Mark Zuckerberg, like somebody who looks like them and is realizing success. And because that's what I believed in that moment. And at the end of that conversation, I kick myself. because I'm like, yo, like we have super successful black people in tech. We just don't know who they are. And so. I went and I'm, after that podcast, after that conversation, I went and I'm I'm thinking to myself, like, what can I do to be a part of the conversation of elevating the names of black technologists? What can I do to be a part of the conversation of making sure that we have representation? So I said, yo, I did radio for all these years. I did radio in Toledo. I did radio in Detroit. I know how to do this. And so I'm like, I'm gonna put together. I'm gonna do a podcast. And it's called today. I mean, I'm kind of jumping ahead in the story, but I'm just for to save time. I did this podcast It's called of 10 podcasts. It was like I was only going to do 10 episodes. That's why it's called of 10 podcasts. One of 10, two of 10, three of 10. You guys are smart. Thank you for following along. So I did this podcast called of 10 podcasts. It's still in iTunes. You can find it today. And the point was to highlight these super successful black people in tech and I wanted to share their stories. And so I did this podcast. I was only intending to do 10 episodes. Again, it's called of 10 podcasts and that was going to be it. And so I did these 10 episodes. I had like fantastic people on there. I mean like creme de la creme people who are at the top of the game in the, these, this podcast in, in this season of black technology so i'm like the first episode was like my my guy who's a friend of mine mac and day at the egg bowl he was like one of the lead engineers at facebook friends with mark zuckerberg i mean this guy's he's he's fantastic and he's he's actually founder of um dev color he's founder of dev color i was about to google it so sorry for the pause there i was about to google it but it just came to me he's founder of dev color like a black 
um, kind of cohort or, or collective of black engineers in Silicon Valley. So um, my guy, Mackenday Adiagbo. So he was the first episode that I had. And I had like a, a run of 10 episodes, phenomenal people who were in this podcast that I did. And I'm a nobody. Like I'm a guy in Toledo in, in his basement doing this podcast. And people are saying, yes, I will do your show. And so I'll save another day to talk about how to get great people for your podcast. But for tonight, we'll talk about, you know, putting yourself in the position to be successful. So did this podcast called of 10 podcast, fantastic series of um, highly successful black technologists, put it out. And, you know, Twitter is like, yo, people on Twitter, not Twitter, not actual Twitter. People on Twitter were like, yo, fantastic run. Um, Episode six. I love that episode fire remember when he said this episode like seven she said that and i was like bars so it was like it's fantastic run when is your next season and i'm like there is no next season like this is it like i'm I'm working on other things i did this to contribute to the conversation like i wasn't intending to do several ep- several seasons but i did it and like this is like a gift to the world. I, I didn't even have any sponsors for this. Like I did it because I, I wanted to contribute to the conversation. So like we're five, we were five seasons in, I'm kind of jumping ahead of the story, but we did more seasons. But the point is after that first season of, of 10 podcast, um, I heard about this thing called Afrotech and I'm like, how did I not know? It was the first year of Afrotech. And I'm like, how did I not know? that this conference happened because half the people I interviewed on the, the of 10 podcast podcast were on the stage of the first Afrotech. And I said, I'm never going to miss another Afrotech. I'm never going to miss another one. And so I knew then like I was sold, like I didn't, I had, I didn't go to the conference that year because I didn't know about it, but I, I saw pictures and I'm like, yep, this is my thing. I'm never going to miss another one. I'm here when that until they stop doing it. I knew that the first moment I heard about Afrotech. So obviously I go to the second year of Afrotech and I knew I absolutely knew I was going to have a life changing experience. I don't know why I knew it. I just knew it. And so again, I'm a content creator. So I said, you know what? I know I'm going to have a fantastic experience. I'm going to vlog every day of this conference. So I'm taking my camera and I'm going to record. Not with the intent of like putting out, you know, like a bunch of content, but I'm just going to record. Put a bookmark there because we're going to come back to that. I, I, I planned on doing a video and I said, I'm going to put out a video about my experience going to the first to my first Afrotech, which is the second Afrotech that ever happened. And so I was, knew I was going to have a good time. So I did it. So I took my camera, recorded everything about my trip, the getting on the airplane. I'm a matter of fact, getting in the car on the way to the airport, getting to the airport, sitting in the airport, landing in San Francisco, first day vibes, like the whole situation. And I said, um, and remember I did this of 10 podcast. I was still doing the podcast at this moment. So I'm, so I took, and I come from radio. So listen, I'm telling you the dots are connected. I come from radio and I have this podcast that is called the of 10 podcast, which is a tech 
based podcast at this time. So coming from radio, I'm a DJ. I do club nights. So I said, I'm going to print flyers to take with me to Afrotech. And on these flyers, it's not a club night. It is promoting my podcast. So everybody, cause I saw who was going to be speaking on stage cause it was on the website. So I said, everybody who's going to be speaking on stage, I'm printing flyers about my podcast with their faces on it saying, Hey, if you like Jessica Matthews, uncharted play present day, uncharted power, check out my podcast. Cause she's on my podcast. Hey, if you like Paul judge, several companies, a whole bunch of patents, a whole bunch of money, a whole bunch of nice clothes. <laughs> if you like Paul judge and you, and he's going to be probably in the conversation. Cause I don't think he was on stage, but he's going to be in the conversation at Afrotech. He's on my podcast. You should check out my podcast. Here's a flyer. Here's a link to go get it. Subscribe today. So I took this, um, these flyers, probably printed 500 flyers and I'm recording video. So I'm the only person there. I'm the only person there at the second Afrotech who's passing out flyers for anything because there's not even club people passing out flyers for the parties at night. There's only me passing out flyers and people are like, yo, where the party at? And I'm like, no, not a party. It's a podcast. So I'm doing that. So people all over the situation are, you know, taking my flyers because they, they think it's they about to get turned up that night, but they about to subscribe. They don't even know it yet. So I do that. So I'm setting the stage for something here. All right. So I, I'm recording every day and I'm passing out flyers. I decide the first night sitting in um, a friend of mine's apartment because um, he left because he said, you know what? You don't have to get in a, a hotel coming to San Francisco. I'm out of town. You can just have the keys to my my place. So he let me stay in his house, in his um, apartment or whatever. It was a basement in San Francisco. Um, but it was somebody's basement, but he made an apartment or they made an apartment. He's renting it way too in the weeds right now. So he let me stay there. He was not in town. So he's like, you can stay at my place while you're there. No reason for you to get a hotel. So I said, you know what? I'm not at, I'm not at, the, at one of the parties. I'm going to go back to the place and edit the video that I recorded. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. 
my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I remember, I think the first, the first, first Afrotech I went to was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It could be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't remember too many details that are not helpful to the story. So I, I record all day Thursday, record all day and I'll get back to the room. And I'm like, I'm not going to do like a big video. I'm going to do a video every day. So I record, I edited down all the video from that Thursday and Edited it down real quick. It might have been, I could look on Google right now or YouTube. I'm not gonna, but I edit all the video down from that Thursday. Might have been five minutes long, might have been 10 minutes. I don't remember. You can find it because it's still on YouTube right now. Afrotech 2017. You can go see it. And it might have been five minutes long, but it was the video that I took from that day. And it, was like my experience, my journey of being at the first Afrotech of for my for myself and edited the video down, put it up on YouTube that night. So on Friday, I'm walking into the conference and people are like, yo, I saw your video from yesterday. How would you do that? Because that was yesterday. Like nobody. This is you know 2017. Nobody like this is no TikTok. There's no Instagram stories. There's none of that. Like nobody puts out video that fast. And quality video, edit it, like not just like hit record and just play some stuff. Like I edited the videos that night, a bunch of video, edited that night, put it up on YouTube. Friday, people like, yo, fire video. I saw your stuff from yesterday. How'd you do that? Whatever. I did the same thing all day Friday. I recorded all day Friday, edited it when I got back to um, my guy's place put it up on YouTube Saturday. People like, Oh my God, how you doing this? You are here, but then you on YouTube from being here fast. How? So I'm like, this is what I do. So did that every day at the conference, put it on YouTube ASAP, not playing around. What I didn't know what was, what I didn't know was happening was I was building a name and reputation for myself as being a content creator in this scene of black technology, I had no clue. All I knew was I went with the intent of giving people black technologists specifically. I wanted to give people FOMO for what reason? I don't know. Cause I'd never been to Afrotech before. I just knew that I said, I'm never going to miss another Afrotech. This is my first year going. I'm never going to miss another Afrotech, but I want to make sure anybody who should be here 
never misses another Afrotech. I want to give you FOMO like you missed out. I had no idea what it was going to be like. It could have been like all smoke and mirrors. I had no idea, but I knew in my like heart of hearts that this was going to be a life changing experience. So I edited the video, put it up fast, built a name for myself. Didn't even know I was building a name for myself. So I went to the next Afrotech, which would have been 2018. And I took my wife cause I'm like, yo, you've got to see this thing. Like there are thousands of black people in San Francisco and there ain't that many black people in San Francisco. So I'm sure the airport was like security. Cause why are all these black people coming into San Francisco? Like why are all of it? Why, why are they here? Um, but we are all like pulling up in San Francisco. So I took my wife and I said, you've got to see this thing It's like thousands of black people. All of them are in tech and they all talking about tech and they talking about build, building million dollar, billion dollar, trillion dollar companies. They all talking about algorithms. They all talking about crypto. They all talking about like strange stuff to most people. You've got to come see it. So I took her and I didn't record this year. And so this is when I knew that I was building a name for myself because everywhere I went, people was like, where's your camera? And so I'm like, oh, y'all really like on that. Like I didn't know, I didn't realize people were looking for me to be recording. And so this year, 2018, I'm specifically talking about was the first time I realized that people wanted what I was doing because you see the comments, like you see the likes, you see the shares, but you don't really like see people. And you didn't, you don't really know that those likes were clicked by a person. I mean, content creators know what I'm talking about anyway. I didn't realize people would miss it, but I was putting out all this content about tech, putting out all this content on my podcast, putting out these videos about entrepreneurship and business, which you can still find on my, on my YouTube page. Um, and I remember being back home. Um, actually, let me tell you this first before I duck out of here, because this is an important part of the story. And so, cause I'm like a, a big believer in, um, like you got to see yourself there. Representation is so important. And sometimes when you don't have an ecosystem around you, it's hard to have that reputation. And, this, and being in Afrotech season right now, we're like a couple of weeks from Afrotech. This is why this particular episode is so important and why you cannot not be there. All right. So I took my wife, I told y'all 2018. And at the end of the conference on the way home, I'm like, we're in the airport. And I'm like, wasn't that fantastic? Like that was like thousands of people, black people, and we all in tech doing this thing. And she's like, yo, it's beautiful. Fantastic conference. That was amazing. You should not come back unless you on stage. I'm like, oh, uh, how am I get on stage? I don't know. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, cause I'm thinking like if the people that I'm looking at on stage, are people who should be on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like the people who are on that stage, like doing things like, you know, cause you know, you, you, you know how it is. Like you just feel like, you know, everybody's got it, but like you trying to qualify yourself and it's difficult to do that. So I'm like, how am I going to get on that stage? Do you see their credentials? Do you see their resumes? Do you see the money they raised? Do you see the exit, you know, bag? Do you see like all of that? And I'm like, I don't know how I'm getting on that stage. 
But, you know, I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, all right, challenge accepted. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I got a podcast. I got a couple startups. I got one, two, three, four, five, six that failed, but I'm going to figure it out. So that's obviously November 2018. So I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm a big believer in vision boards because, like, you need to see it. So I put a picture. I still have the picture because I took it down off my vision board. Um, but it was a picture I found on Google. I just Googled Afrotech and I found a picture on our bay. Um, he's a, um, a designer for like video games, black dude. And he spoke at Afrotech that year. So I, I found this picture cause it wasn't particularly that I was looking for a picture on our speaking at Afrotech. I just Googled Afrotech and I looked for pictures and that was the picture I chose. So I took this picture of our on stage and I put it on my vision board. So you got to remember every single day I'm looking at this picture and others um, about, you know, what I want to bring into my life. And so I put this picture on my vision board and I'm looking at it every day. And I said, the next time that they open up a call for speakers, I'm going to apply. Don't know if I'm getting on stage, but I'm going to apply. I'm going to take a drink. So I take um, this picture, put it on my vision board. I see it every day. I said, next year, when they open up, call for speakers, I'm going to apply. Don't know how I'm getting on, but, you know, I got to do what I got to do. So around the time that they make the call for speakers, this had to be like February, March, April, May. I don't know. Somewhere around there, but it's around that season. I I'm driving down. I remember exactly where I was. Y'all don't live where I live. So I won't give you like exact, you know, uh, coordinates, but I remember exactly where I was and I'm sitting at a red light and I get an email from somebody who works for Blavity, uh, which owns Afrotech, obviously, if you didn't know that. Yeah. Blavity is like the, the black Buzzfeed, like it's the biggest black millennial website in the world. Um, shout to Morgan DeBorn. So I'm, I'm sitting there and I get an email from somebody at Blavity saying, Hey, um, my name's da da da. And I was talking to Morgan because we're going on, um, or going in a new direction for Afrotech. And Morgan said, we should talk to you about running it. And I'm like, you, I, I don't, it, what? Like, hold on. You're going in a new direction for Afrotech and you want me to run it. The guy who says, how in the world am I going to get on this stage? How, like, I don't feel qualified is what I was really saying to myself. I did, I never cognitively said that to myself, but I, that's what I was saying along the whole line of thinking. If you, if you look back, if you hit rewind, that's what's happening in my story. I'm telling myself you aren't worthy of that. So I'm sitting at this red light, get this email saying we're going in a new direction for Afrotech. And Morgan says, we should talk to you. Do you have time to talk? And I'm like, oh my God, this, this is the thing because you got to realize I come from radio. And, um, so I've seen a lot of celebrities, some of the biggest celebrities in the world been to all the concert, all the things. So like celebrities don't impress like black t- 
tech people, like winners are like, that's my rock star to that's me. So when I walk in the room and I'm hanging out with Dave Salvant, you know, from Squire or I'm with Rodney Williams or I'm with, you know, Morgan or I'm with Jessica Matthews or I'm with whoever, like Paul Judge, Ryan Glover, like well, I'm with these people. Those are my rock stars. And so you're asking me to steer the ship of the most important thing to me. The thing that makes my eyes glitter, like you asking me to run it. And so I'm trying to figure out how I'm getting on the stage to give a two minute talk. And you asking me to steer the ship of the brand. I'm trying to tell you all, like, I'm not saying that about I'm not saying that to glorify me. What I'm saying is, if you look back at the things that I did before getting that email, it set me up to get that email. So don't despise small beginnings. Like there are things that you are doing today that put you in a position. If you're diligent, if you treat it with respect, if you get the education you're supposed to get out of it. If you don't take it for granted, if you actually do the work, if you do it with integrity, if you don't cut corners, but you learn the lesson, if you go all in, if you disciplined, I was putting out content when nobody was paying me. I was putting out content because I loved the content. I wanted to hear the stories. And so now the people that I interview, a lot of these, like they're my friends. Now they're my people. Like I text with them. I talk to them when I see them. It's what up. We get a drink. We go out to eat. We hang out. The people who are like my rock stars. Those are the people that, you know, I can rub shoulders with. I can stand next to. I can sit beside. And we all good. I'm getting the bag. They get in the bag. And we all get in the bag. Because I didn't realize it at the moment. But again, you can't connect the dots looking forward. So when I was doing the podcast, I thought I was doing it for X reason. I thought I was doing it for reason X, but reason Y was around the corner and I didn't even know it. But I treated it with respect because I gave to the community. I wanted y'all to have something that didn't exist before. I wanted y'all to see yourselves in the people that I represented, put on the platform, gave a pedestal to uplifted on that podcast, which put me in a position to touch more people. I couldn't, I couldn't have scripted that out. I couldn't have dictated how it was going to happen. So today I sit in a position, you know, a, a privileged position, a position I worked for a position of honor, a position to be able to serve you. And that's really what it's all about. But I did that work and what I do this work for continually is to show you that you do this work. These are the rewards because the stories that we highlight on this podcast, the stories that you will see at Afrotech 2021, the, the people that you're going to meet at this conference coming up, which I I mean, I did the whole podcast just now trying to get you to see why you need to be there. You can't miss this. You cannot miss this. 
it's virtual. So what? This this virtual world that Afrotech builds is like and is it is this ain't Zoom, fam. This ain't go to meeting. You done built a whole world for y'all. And you meet people from all across the world. There's people I met last year from Tanzania. There's people I met last year from the UK. There's people I met last year from all from Tennessee. There's people I met from all over the world. And they all look like, I mean, they all pretty, for the most part, look like us. And they trying to do the thing and they doing the thing. They want to hire you. They want to fund you. They want to buy your stuff. And they're at this conference. So that's my story. I hope you got something out of that. Um, you never really know why you're doing what you're doing. You might think you know why you're doing what you're doing. You might have real intentions on the reasons that you're doing specific things that you're doing. But sometimes they don't work out like you planned. That's just a fact. Sometimes the outcome isn't something that you prescribed. But if you're in there and you're doing the work, there will be opportunities that open up to you that you could not have asked for, that you couldn't have imagined would be possible for you. Put yourself in a position to be successful. That's my story for today. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects and old to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work, in traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.